Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia. I'm joined by our head of consulting, Corinne Cantor. Hey, Corinne. Hey, Dom. How are you? Yeah, good. I've asked you on this show to help me out. We've had requests around introducing what is the Lifestyles Inventory, or the LSI, as it's known, one of our diagnostics. A lot of people go use this tool as part of their training. So a bit of an intro around what is it? Why would people do it? How do we get the best out of it? Yep. Are you up for that? Sure am. So starting at the top then. What is it? Okay, the Lifestyles Inventory, and people usually use the shorter name LSI. There's an LSI 1 and then an LSI 2. The LSI 1 measures how you think and how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. So your thinking styles and how you see yourself at this point in time. Mm -hmm. So it's not about your personality. It's what's going on in your mind at this point in time. The LSI 2 is you would ask between 8 and 12 people to give you feedback on how they see you. And so the LSI 2 is about your behavior and it's how people perceive you show up. They don't know what's in your head or why you're doing it. Uh They can only judge. Their experience is going to be based on what you say and what you do. And so the LSI 2 is how people see you. Right. So they actually measure two different things because one's the thoughts in my head, the other's the behavior people see. Maybe they're aligned. Maybe what I, my intent isn't coming across to people. Exactly. So that's exactly right. The LSI one measures your, how you see yourself. And sometimes that can be about your intention. Mm. And sometimes that's conscious and sometimes it's not conscious. The LSI two measures actually how you show up and how people perceive you showing up. Mm. And so what's interesting is to look at whether how I see myself matches how other people see me Mm. or whether they're different. Mm. And if they're different, that's kind of really interesting as well. And it's a good thing for a leader to know because it could be that I am seen a lot more constructively than I see myself. Mm -hmm. And so it could be that I'm being really hard on myself when really people sort of see that I've got a lot more strength than I'm acknowledging. Mm. Equally, it could be that I've overestimated Mm. how constructive I am. And so it's important for me to know that the behaviors I'm choosing aren't communicating my intent. Okay. So it's around measuring that thinking and behavior. Why? Why do it? Yeah, it's a question. What we've learned with our the LSI is that there's a strong relationship between how I think shapes my behavior and how both of those together can shape my level of effectiveness. Mm-hmm. So as leaders, we want to always improve yep. our ability to be effective, not just in the task or getting the job done, but actually as a leader, being a leader that inspires and motivates and creates a constructive environment. So for leadership, the LSI is a really good diagnostic tool because it gives me a good baseline and then a good retest. So it gives me a good sense of how I'm doing in terms of my effectiveness in my role and my effectiveness in leading my team. Yeah. And so something you mentioned there and jumping back to what you talked about earlier was 
personality. So a personality profile that some people are probably familiar with kind of stays the same. Yeah. You know, we are who we are. We're an introvert or an extrovert. Yeah. And whether I measure measure this year or next year, it's going to be the same, or it should be if it's a good tool. With the lifestyles inventory, it's a point in time. Yes. So today, this is where my thinking's at or where my behavior's at. And the difference is we want to do some stuff. Yeah. All right. If that's where I'm at today and we want to keep growing and developing, well, what are the one, two, three, whatever actions that I'm going to do? So in a year's time, when we sit down across the table again and we measure it again, hopefully it looks different in yeah. the way I want to grow. And that's exactly right. So some people would have done the M- Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. MBTI, which is really about personal preferences, what we'd call a personality assessment, whereas the LSI is all about thinking and behavior. and You could be an introvert or an extrovert and you could still be constructive, which is a measure of behavior and still effective. So we measure behavior and we measure thinking because it's possible to change them over time. Whereas a personality preference is is not likely to change. It's more Uh stable. Whereas this tool is, and why you'd use it as a leader is because you want some insight into how well you're doing uh. in your leadership role uh. and in leading your people. Now, if you're going to get that input, you want to be able to implement a set of actions around it, retest and see if it's made a difference. And that's another difference with the LSI is because we're not measuring who you are, uh. we're measuring what you do and how you're showing up. Uh. It's easier for you to actually affect change around that. Yeah. And I, I love that because I think sometimes the risk with doing personality-based stuff is, well, I'm a whatever. That's just who I am. Yeah, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to do anything different. Put it in the top drawer. Uh, whereas this is really a call to action. Yes, exactly right. This is right. where we are today. If we want to grow and be better, here's one, two, three things that I'm going to work yeah, on for myself. I really myself. like that, Dom. I think it is a call to action. And I think you're right. Sometimes personal preferences, whether it's DISC or MBTI, Uh they can be really useful too, but part of the problem is the labeling, the preference becomes a an excuse sometimes. So that's just me. Yeah, I'm an introvert, so I'm not going to make an effort to actually be inclusive or build relationships. As a leader, you can't really afford that view. So the making it about behavior and thinking kind of takes away some of that wriggle room. Yeah. And it's just, it's how you do it. So you can build relationships as an introvert or an extrovert. It's how you do it. And yeah. You can keep your personality. We're yep. not wanting to yep. change yep. that. Yep. We, wanna, we want to help you understand the impact your behavior is having. Beautiful. So how does it work then? So that's the idea of what it is. How does it actually work if I'm a yeah. leader going through it for the first time? What can you expect? Yeah. Okay. So... Hopefully, you'll have some information around the context and what the organization's trying to achieve. And then the first thing that will happen is there'll be two surveys. So the LSI 1 and the LSI 2 effectively describe two surveys. One survey, LSI 1, you're going to do. You're going to complete that on you, and it will give us a picture of how you see yourself at this point in time. Uh The other survey is going to go to a group of people we call respondents. And respondents are people that you choose to give you feedback. Now, depending on the version of the LSI that you do, you'll either have between 8 and 12 respondents. Now, the important thing with choosing people to give you feedback is that they have moderate to high levels of contact with you. They've got to be able to describe you. Mm -hmm. 
you value the feedback that they might give you mm. and that you're prepared to own it. Okay, there's no point in choosing someone who you don't respect uh -huh. because you'll just that's just disrespect what they their think. feedback. Who cares? Exactly. Yep. So what's the point of doing that? Yep. So choose people who have moderate to high level of contact with you, or maybe you've worked for with for a long time and you're still working with them. Maybe a little less directly, but you feel that they can give you positive feedback. You know, we've had clients who've included people that they haven't got a great relationship with, but they've used the opportunity to get some insight into what that might be look really like. really insightful, yep. And also make sure that you let them know that you're doing some professional development work and that you'd like them to be a respondent. Typically, people will have one of the surveys, one respondent be a boss. Uh -huh. So we call it high-level manager. And then they'll have maybe three to four people who are their peer, peer group. So it might be on your leadership team. And then there'll be the rest of might go to direct reports. So people who report to me. The main thing when you're choosing your peer groups and direct reports is make sure that there's at least three people in each of those groups. Because to maintain confidentiality, we don't reveal the identity of the people who've given you feedback mm -hmm. with peers and direct reports. For example, you're just going to get a breakout of the data that says peers and a breakout of the data that says direct reports. And so just to confirm, there needs to be at least three people in those groups, three people who answer the survey, not just that you sent Correct. it out to. Yeah, that's right. So, and that's why we sort of say instead of just inviting three, you might invite four or five right. because not everybody might complete the survey. Yes. And my other tip for that would be get it out to them as soon as you can as well. So when, when you get the email with the links in it, you put in their name and email, do it early to give them maximum time to fill it out. Absolutely. Because you um, get, usually we'll have the data collection. So how long the survey will be open for is about 10 business days. So it's about two weeks. From time to time, that changes in organizations, but generally two weeks. Yeah. And so on that, Corinne, how long does, does it take to fill out for someone? I would say 20 to 30 minutes, depending on how much effort people are putting into it. Sometimes yeah. what I would say is don't overthink it. Your first response is usually the best response. Yeah. And so I would say it's about 20 minutes, yeah. 25. Yeah. Something like that. And that's for yourself as well, doing your own one? Yeah. 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 And the same, and like similarly with yourself, just what you, your first response, the first thing that occurs to you. Yeah. And we talked about confidentiality of the people giving you feedback. So we need at least three of them in a group to kind of report them apart from the manager. What about for the person themselves? So I'm going through the program. What about my confidentiality yeah. of my results? Yeah. One of the things that we're really passionate about, Dom, is that there's only one copy of the report and it belongs to you as the person who's going through it. Mm. So human synergistics doesn't make the data available to the managers or, the, yep. or personnel files or anything like that. There's only one copy and it belongs to you. So if other people find out about it, it's because you would have shared it with them, not because you know it's been distributed through any uh -huh. other means. And uh -huh. we're, we're very strong on that. And, you know, there've been times where we've been challenged by CEOs and other bosses as yep. to, you know, why can't they see their data, I'm they're paying for, paying for yep. it. <laughs> and um, really one of the reasons we don't allow it is that, A, if, say, Dom, you're going to do a survey, if you knew that your next job was being based on that survey, 
Chances are you wouldn't be honest about it. I'm going to look like a superstar. Yeah, look like a superstar. And you're only going to ask people who you think is going to give you flattering yeah, feedback. My best friends, yeah. And so that's the reason we don't allow the LSI to be used for recruitment or for performance development or for promotional selection because it's not being developed for that purpose. It's being developed purely for a leader's own development. Okay, so it's not going to be used for selection, you think? What do we do with the results in Mm. that case? So what will happen is the leaders will get a debrief. And so what we mean by debrief is you'll have your results walked through with you. Most times, very often, it happens one-on-one in organizations, but sometimes it can happen as a group debrief. So you'll be in a workshop setting and it'll be part of a a bigger program explaining the LSI, the circumplex, and you'll get your results in the workshop. But there's a debrief. So this isn't the kind of 360 tool that you could just read the report from front to back and understand it. You need an accredited practitioner to help you gain the insight. So it's about exploring it and being curious and asking those questions. It's almost the jumping off point for a conversation. Exactly. It's a springboard for actually having a bigger conversation around what's working for you right now. Mm. What are you doing that that works really well and people see as a strength or that you feel really proud of? What are the things that you think you'd like to do differently that you want to change or that other people are suggesting that you look at and that Mm. might be need for change. Mm. So it is very much a springboard for discussion for action moving forward Mm. in a way that supports your ongoing development as a leader. Mm. Love it. Okay. And so for a leader, if they're listening to this and they're going to go through it, what other tips would you share with them to be able to get the most out of their experience? Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing is to stay open and be curious It's a quirk of, I think, humanity that we, we're not always asking for feedback. And so no. when we're getting it, we can be a bit nervous yep. about it and we can feel a little bit worried about yep. getting it and so we can get into a threat state. What I would say is that's normal. It's normal to have those kind of emotional reactions. Mm. Some people, you know, might feel a little bit of shock or surprise. Some people yeah, are related. Yeah, if it's not what you expected. Yeah, yeah, if it's not what you expected, you might be a little bit disappointed. You might relieve because it's not what you expected in a, in a good completely way. surprising <laughs> good way. What I would say is the LSI is designed to create a felt reaction. So make space for the reaction. Don't judge yourself for it. Just stay open. The best way of actually working through, and I had a leader once say to me that, it's stung in their case when they got it. But after you get over the sting, it's kind of liberating because you realize what you need to do differently mm. and mm. you realize that all of that's in your control. Mm. And you've got to care. If you're going to do yeah. something different, it's got to mean, it's got to matter something yeah. to you. So I think stay open, turn off the inner critic and yep. turn off your own judgment. Be curious and, you know, ask yourself, what would they have seen me do or say or and also be curious about your own data. While we're fascinated by how other people see us, the engine room for change is actually in our own head. Yeah. Okay, you've got to get that straight first. And so a lot of the work we do, Dom, is really to focus on the person and their mindset. And really the LSI too is kind of a check against that mindset, what's going on in their head. So as much as you might be interested in how other people see you, really comes back to how you see yourself. 
the other thing that I'd say is even though it's really the data's confidential, I'd encourage you to talk to the people that you are close to and to share your data with the people that you're close to and that you're comfortable with so that you can get a multi-perspectives mm. around the insights. And you'll generate more insights if you do it that way. Mm. And also, I think you'll learn that you're not on your own. No. <laughs> so not everybody might have done this particular survey, but you'll learn that people by and large will can relate to what you're going through. And I think that's important in something like this. Awesome. Thanks for your insights on that, Corinne. I hope that helps. If you're someone who's about to go through the RSI, I hope that helped. And yeah, I think you summed it up well, Corinne. Be curious. Yeah. Right? I think that's the that's really the mindset to go in with. Good luck. Good luck. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au. Music